0: I'm sorry. I'm not trying to kill myself for skateboarding. You know, I'm just like not trying to do that. Like, I'm just trying to have fun with my friends. I do like going pretty hard. I do like, I enjoy that. I don't know. It just makes me feel like I have to compare myself to uh, feeling this way sometimes because I feel like I have to like prove something to them to like, I'm like fucking daddy syndrome where I'm just like, oh, like, please like see me, see me, see me. You know, like, I'm just like looking for their acceptance and like their love when i'm just like bitch love yourself
1: is up skaters welcome back to another episode of bed city i am your host ryan lay today and i'm joined by ted schmitz in queens new york and also we have a very special guest on the show today dolphin flip and kevin romar aficionado uh <laughs> dr- drag enthusiasts is, is that uh the, the term that you'd like to use yeah that's totally fine <laughs> and their skateboards pro Chandler Burton.
2: Yeah!
0: Bia, 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 Hi, everybody.
1: Chandler, where
2: are you joining us
0: from today? My beautiful little apartment in L.A., Los Angeles, California. Oh, Did- that's right. You just moved out of <laughs> Jerry's Place and are living yeah. on your own, right? Yeah. Where are you at? Koreatown? No. Oh, oh, no. I'm in Silver Lake, actually. I'm right next to Cafe Tropical. Oh, you're in Silver Lake. Yeah, I'm. Yes. Li- I literally moved
1: across the street. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so we just wanted to have you on the show to just talk about everything that you got going on because I mean, I feel like as a professional skateboarder, new- newly anointed professional skater, you have so many different exciting projects that are going on, way more than the average pro, which is just you know film a couple video parts uh, a year. You've been producing and directing videos you've been doing makeup tutorials you've been designing (laughs) stuff yeah you have your own line of of clothing and then uh
0: what else on top of that uh just drag stuff I guess just a lot of drag like persona identities working through I don't know just just honestly just having fun that's I think the main thing that I've just been working on is really having fun and taking care of me at the same time
3: (laughs) the ultimate project yeah you
1: kind of got into sponsored skateboarding a little later in life am i am i right about that so late yeah yeah (laughs) well i mean yeah Yeah, i was sponsored at a young age but i definitely like didn't get into the like bigger leagues later on in life
0: so i feel like i can relate how how old were you when you got sponsored i feel like i first got on ccs and vans when i was like 25 damn Yeah. And I'm 29 now. So it's like kind of crazy. I had a late start in general. I think the first time a camera was put like on me was when I was like 23. And then I just was like filming every Sunday with my friends in Huntington. And we'd like go on all these adventures. And um, yeah, that was like the first time because I would always just soul skate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was your scene in, in Orange County growing up? Were you you were a Costa Mesa local?
0: Costa Mesa local. Yeah. Mesa Park. Like every single day if you if I wasn't there I was uh, either at an AA meeting or doing drugs
2: <laughs> like literally
0: <laughs> depending on what uh part of life you saw me in um dude yeah. I love uh I love Mesa Park because <laughs> it's literally
1: just you go one way and hit the Eurogap and you go the other way and fly out of the quarter pipe oh my
0: god yeah. it's it's <laughs> It's the best, honestly. Probably my. I'm being obviously. It's my favorite part. I'm biased because I grew up there, but it's everyone that I've been to so far hasn't like necessarily like hit the same bar as that one for me.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I saw you at a I saw you at Garvanza Park the other day do a nollie backside three sixty kickflip out of the quarter pipe, and I instantly <laughs> was thinking you learned that at Mesa Park because that that quarter pipe that you fly out to go back to the start line for the the Euro I'm like you definitely learned how to do those off of
0: that. Yeah, that's why I do a lot of yeah I I, I do a lot of fly out stuff because of that specific park.
3: I also do a lot of flyouts because of Mesa Park.
0: <laughs> really? <Release. laughs> yeah,
3: we, we it's three hundred miles away.
1: Yeah, we have a different, shittier, uh, bigger, bold Mesa Park in uh, in Mesa, Arizona, that Ted and I grew up. That is just a a calamity. Um, it's a just horrible
0: park with only flyouts everywhere. Oh really? Damn, that's sick. Yeah, you might yeah. like
3: it. We should we should do a, a Mesa Park swap.
0: Oh my God, let's pull! I'm so down <laughs> to do that. That sounds like so much fun.
1: I feel like we I, okay. I feel like we have so many things to talk about. I want to just start with. Can you give us just like a brief overview of like what growing up skating in Orange County looked like, and like how you kind of came into your identity as a sponsored
0: skater around your mid twenties? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So my adventure. Um, so I first started. I started later. I started to like age 15, 16, maybe even. Um, oh. I was rollerblading at the time with all my friends, and I was just a super li- like weird, weird, weird fucking kid. Like super weird. Um, and I still am that, but uh, I'm a little bit older and have a beard now. But um, so <laughs> basically I would go to the skate park as like a joke with like with uh, my my uh, rollerblades on with my friend and just like roll around and like eat shit. And then all the skaters like hated me from the get go. And then I watched the Z boys and uh, basically wanted to be J Adams. I, I've mentioned that before, but then um, I started just doing like sidewalk surfing stuff um, in front of Costa Mesa high school. And then from there I got a, uh, a skateboard from my grandmother for my, for Christmas or something, and then I showed up at, uh, at Mesa, and then just kept going there. Um, but the I think the main thing for me is that skateboarding was one of those things that I had at a really tough time in my adolescence when I was like uh, doing a lot of drugs and stuff, and that was like the one thing holding me on from like I don't know, just like other like self harm shit. So it was definitely one of those things that I held on to really closely. And I think it's one of the one things that I've never given up on because it's like a therapeutic thing for me more than it is just like a sport. And um, so growing up in Costa Mesa, it was like definitely a little weird. There was definitely a lot of like homophobic stuff. And I didn't necessarily know I was gay at like 15 or 16. I was just like always fighting it. But then um, kind of growing up and like finally coming, like getting sober um, after doing lots of drugs in high school and like, beyond high school after graduation, I got sober at 19. And then, um, I just skated every single day when I got sober. And that's like really what, um, what I just did that because it helped my head. Um, I didn't necessarily do it to like get clout, do anything like that. I just did it because I loved, I really, really, really loved it inside. And it really like helped my brain, like calm down when I was like getting sober and like coming out of the closet and, um came out at 22 with 2 years sober and um I think it was like the hardest place for me to really be Orange County is a little little conservative but it's kind of like a clash <laughs> yeah. a, it's kind of like a but honestly it's kind of a clash of like two different like there's there's yeah. like the blue and the red like there really is kind of a clash of both um <laughs> both parts of a uh, the yeah so um I don't know. I had a lot of supportive friends and I I had a lot of friends that I came out at the skate park and I started getting like little like snubs and like I could tell there were vibes. There's a lot of gay, gay jokes and stuff. So it was definitely really weird, but I was definitely fine with it because I was still kind of like homophobic in myself with like even coming out and being kind of like shameful of being it. So uh, I don't know why this just turned into like me being gay and skateboarding, but this is how (laughs) it felt to like grow up in Orange County. It was it was kind of scary being like a queer person. And um yeah. expressing myself fully. Like I came out at twenty-two. I feel like people kids now come out at like fucking five. So I don't I don't know. It's it was interesting. So and then I finally met um my friend Quinn um and his whole crew, um, and Alex Winkowski and all uh Winkowski, I think I'm saying his name. I don't, know, I don't know his last name. Um pretty sure that's his last name. <laughs> um but and we started just like filming and I got really into that. So I'd like meet up with them at uh, a high school or like a junior high school in Huntington Beach and we would just go skate street and film. And I really, really, really enjoyed that. And I really then that's where Sunkiss came from. There's like a an old part that I put together right before the first Bottom Feeder video. It's just like all the stuff that I worked on back then and.
1: Who who was the who were the dominant pros? Like, what was the scene like in Orange County at that time? Because I I remember that Costa Mesa was like a place that a lot of the Brazilians lived at. Obviously, oh Schenker is from further south, so there was there was kind of a mix of of industry. Whereas now it feels like everyone has left um, and either moved to Long Beach or LA. But at that time. What Volcom was there, they're still there, and then there were a couple other big companies. So, yeah, were there were, were there pros that you remember like seeing around, or or did you get integrated into any of those scenes, or no?
0: Uh, I didn't really get integrated, but I because I, I was kind of like still super awkward with people just in general. I I was pretty turned off, but like uh, one pro that really stuck out to me was Fabrizio actually oh my god yeah yeah and Santos. like he was, that's, that's, yes that's, that's exactly Santos. Who i was thinking about really as as okay the mesa legends yeah yeah costa mesa like honestly it's like such a a beautiful soul in like a human being in such an amazing style of skateboarding and just like seeing him be like there were i mean it was just so sick and then like felipe gustavo would like come in every now and then and then like i got kind of like we would just see each other. We were like homies, but I looked totally different back then. Like I like didn't have a beard. I had like long blonde hair and just like skinny, like skinny jeans and like all this. So I was just like some like kid at the skate park. But um, it's funny cause I see Felipe now and he has no idea who I am. And I'm like, it's okay. Like I look nothing like how I used to. And, uh, but I think the one that had the most impact on me were instantly like as growing up, there and like going there it was uh fabrizio santos yeah name Um, drop (laughs) a big name drop
1: like legend and so when you got into filming skate videos that wasn't until
0: you were like in your early 20s yeah i really didn't get it i i don't think i ever i think i had i there's one clip and stony adventures teaser of me kick flipping this like bump to <laughs> bump to i think i showed you maybe yeah. but it's like at a hotel and it's like this like little bump to like flat gap thing and i like kick flipped it and backside flipped it and i'm like in like these uh uh terrible orange like brown colored cords and corduroys and some like like some white teacher and it you, you just cannot tell it's me you just like there's no way anybody would be like that's Chandler it looks nothing it's so crazy seeing it with yeah. big puffy like Americas or Fallens or something
1: <laughs> yeah I I love uh, I love so much that you had like the reversed pro skate career which is that you went with you partied really hard you went through AA and then you're like I want to start skating every day which is <laughs> like what what old Baker pros do when they're like 35
0: it's so funny yeah it's very true yeah. I, I, I I just yeah I just burned my life to the ground really quickly I think it, a lot of it was insecurity of being like gay but also just growing up in a place where I just didn't feel like a, a human and I still sometimes don't feel like a human which kind of like explains with like the like creativity of like like Titus and stuff like there's always like some escape that I've always felt like I wanted I've never felt like in my body as like a human so that's why i like made titus and now i'm super happy with just like having to like a double life almost it's 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 drag has definitely helped me come with my identity and like just being a person and being like creative and like also having a a thing that i could just be like a creature as too so yeah talk a little bit about you know how you got into that world and
1: and where titus comes from and and how that all evolved
0: yeah so uh when I first uh came out of the closet I was going to the I was 20 21 21 or 22 no I came out at 22 um um and it was like the floodgates opened and I was like I'm on the top of the world my god I know who I am it was so it was like I look back and I'm like damn I was so happy that's so crazy but um it was uh it was yeah it was beautiful (laughs) it was There's nothing like coming out of the closet when you've like been hiding for that long. It's a, it's like a crazy experience. But like with the drag stuff, when I was 22, I would go to this bar, the Tin Lizzie in Costa Mesa. It's like the like oh, only I'm very gay very bar. Oh, very familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, just like the right uh, next to it. <laughs> 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 so, it's the, so it's the only gay bar that's like a, like anywhere there basically. But there's like new ones, but then there was this uh club called the Shark Club that would have like so W T F Fridays or something, and my friend and I would go, and I met this this drag queen who I like just was, was like, "You're the first! Like you're so sick!" And she just looked so she wasn't like a glam queen. She just looked so like punk rock, but also very like glam at the same time. And her name was Sema Seema Hunt, Seema and um, <laughs> um and. Uh, she basically took me under my like her wing, and I uh, just basically followed her through like the club scene there and then went to Tin Lizzie and just hung out sober as sober as fuck, like completely sober. Um, well. but uh just going to bars like every every night and just hanging out with her and all my friends and just being gay and being like happy being gay. It was just such an amazing experience. But she had put me in drag once, and then I had helped, I had performed with like a couple drag uh, queens. Like at uh, uh, other clubs in, like Santa Ana and stuff, but um, yeah, I I came up with the name Titus Cunt because she was basically my drag mother, so I felt like Titus Cunt would be like a good name because she's Sima Cunt. So um, yeah, and then she put me in face, she like put me in uh, full face of makeup a couple times, but I never learned how to do it. And then during the pandemic, I felt like I had a lot of alone time and. Me and my best friend would hang out every single day. And we were like, oh, let's go to the 99 cent store and start doing makeup. So I like learned how to do makeup. And just by watching like Trixie Mattel, uh, Trixie Mattel makeup tutorials and just makeup tutorials online um, on YouTube and just slowly evolved into what it is today. Did you always foresee that you would kind of bring
1: that into your skate video practice and all that stuff or did you feel hesitant to
0: bring that in absolutely not absolutely <laughs> not um now i now i like i i've integrated it but i started yeah, yeah.
1: i mean it for, for as a as an outside viewer who's like come to know you in the last few years it's hard to imagine that you ever would have been hesitant to bring that in i you know i yeah, know Literally, uh, Nolly backside 360 over giant bump to bars at the Dime Glory full <laughs> yeah. makeup on, you know. So, uh, it, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around the fact that, that there was a, a point in time when you were you were a little scared to, to come out with that.
0: Yeah, I, I literally started an another Instagram that I don't use anymore, be, just for my drag stuff, because I was so afraid of people like unfollowing my main one that were like my close friends. And I know it's it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. But like, deep down inside, some people care, you know, and like, I did mm-hmm. care. And I care about I like, I like my friends. And I, I also I'm very understanding with people not like necessarily understanding what I'm doing and kind of being uncomfortable with it. I understand. And it's, it sucks, but like it's one of those things that I I do understand that like the world is not the way that like I'm intended like it to be. So like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's totally, it was, it was okay. Cause I grew up being the way I was, you know? So I, I totally, but uh, I think the one thing that really, stood out to me is that I was talking to Jerry once and I was talking to him about being uncomfortable and drag like in skate settings and stuff. And he was like, he was like, dude, who fucking cares? Like (laughs) you don't, you shouldn't give a fuck. And then I don't know what it was. Well, I mean, I'd obviously been watching his part since I was like a little kid. And this was like one of the first times we talked. And it really, I think that was really when, cause I was starting to kind of like, the drag stuff was starting to like kind of like take a little decline and i was not doing it as much and then he was talking to me about it when we i think it was like the the first time we ever talked because he came up to me he was like you do like drag you do like performance art right and i was like oh the face paint yeah i I don't perform but i i definitely paint my face in my room by myself (laughs) and act like a creature and act like a creature on the floor but yeah Um, and he came and talked to me and for some reason, him telling me to like, not give a fuck really, really sank in. Cause I've been hearing that my whole life. Like I've been hearing people Mm -hmm. like, you shouldn't give a fuck. But for some reason, him saying that in that setting, when we were, we were at Costco just really sank in and I was like, you know what, who gives a fuck? So ever since then, I haven't used, um, uh, my my drag Instagram and like I think uh, Jerry probably does not know like what profound he's like things he told me to like really change like how I my perspective on like bringing my drag into skating but um he really helped me a lot and um, yeah so and I, I, I openly tell people that a lot that same story like people who like really ask so yeah and I gotta imagine like
1: there there probably is some element of you being like a really masculine presenting gay man right and and obviously skateboarding has not been historically very inclusive even with that regard but probably you had a a a better entry into skating and so like presenting this different side of you is like whoa okay I gotta
0: I don't know it's a little little scary yeah for sure and uh I think it was it's one of those things too where as like a gay person now like more current as a gay person in skateboarding like as like at least a gay male identify I I'd identify with whatever like that's my thing I'm very gender fluid but like I obviously present as a gay male like I'm not fucking stupid but like I could look in the mirror and be like yeah man um but like I think it's one of the things that I've kind of had a hard time with is like feeling like in the skate realm like just because I'm, like, a gay person, I'm not taking it seriously, like, with, like within the industry. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people are, mm-hmm. like, like at, at least, like, in regards to, like, some, like, bigger brands, you know? And um, it just, it, it really sucks to feel that way um, in a uh, in an industry where before skateboarding, I literally have done this to, like, for therapy and for, like, the love of it. And now I feel mm-hmm. like I, it's, like, It kind of crumbled me a little bit the past year, but um, I have figured things out and like I'm getting through it all. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I definitely feel like as a gay male, I am not taken as seriously as like some like straight person. And it has nothing to do with like, like that's just being like gay. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like I'm sure the girls go through a little resentful. Yeah. 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 And it's it's hard. Like I don't want to because I don't want to be like this resentful. Like constantly talking about how I feel with like the industry. It's a fucking industry. And like I've been kind of just like anti the industry like the past couple months and just been like fuck this. I'm just gonna skate and do my fucking thing. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm just gonna do my own shit because I've heard some stuff like through the grapevine and I'm just like this shit is like so messy it can't even figure itself out so I don't know I'm just doing my thing and I think I think like (laughs) like the money's not in skateboarding (laughs) let's be real as an
1: outside observer you know from the last few years there's been this awesome spectacular rise in the queer community and they've definitely proven that there's a market with companies like unity in there and you know tons of success people have built huge followings but yeah and but with the industry core when it comes to like clothing brands and shoe brands especially which is like that's how you make your bread and butter as a skateboarder it really feels like maybe we'll use you in a campaign here or there but we're probably not going to put you fully on the team and so i don't know it's just it's kind of mind blowing to see that you know a brand like instagram like the Instagram is gonna do a, a collab with Marvy, but then at the same time Marvy can't get on a shoe company, and I'm like, where is the disconnect there? Like, th- certainly there has got to be space for, for people if they're showing to Skull Candy and these other huge brands that
0: are outside of skating that they they have value, right? It's so hard not to for me to get frustrated constantly hearing Marvy be like, I don't know which shoe brand's gonna like fuck with me. I'm like everyone should be just like throwing money at you, bitch. Like you're literally like the goat. And like, you are so fucking talented and so cool. And so like, you just had, you just had a, Oh my God. Like that. The, the, what's the nine club was so good. Like if you don't like, like how can you not love this person? I don't know. It's just like, like, (laughs) like it's just, it's, it's so crazy. Just, I don't know. I'm trying not to be bitter about it, but I don't know it's hard not to be bitter and resentful because I know that the people that I go through aren't necessarily like against me. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard to be like the fucking freak in the, like the, like crew of jocks, even though they're super nice to me. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to kill myself for skateboarding. I'm going to like have fun and do my shit. And like, I'm not trying to like hit my head on some fucking far and like, you know, I'm just like not trying to do that. Like, I'm just trying to have fun yeah. with my friends. I do like going pretty hard. I do like, I enjoy that, but I don't know if I'm like, I don't know. It just makes me feel like I have to compare myself to uh feeling this way sometimes because I feel like I have to like prove something to them to like, I'm like, I don't know it's like this like fucking daddy syndrome where I'm just like oh like please like see me see me see me you know like I'm just like looking for their acceptance and like their love when I'm just like bitch love yourself
3: yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean I suppose in some regards I'm inside certain things but I'm not inside money discussions that's one thing that I've kind of had such a hard time with in in recent years, which is like, I'm just a fan, but every now and then, you know, I'll see a clip and I'm like, damn, Omar Hassan's out there just doing it, and they're like, well, he rides for vans. I'm like, he doesn't actually ride for vans though, and they're like, no, he does. Like, yeah yeah but like a couple of shoes show up at his doorstep like that's not exactly on Vance. they're like there's a paycheck with that box of shoes i'm like that's actually probably criminal like we should not be doing that and uh and 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 then you know whatever i don't know larry but but i have this feeling where even i am kind of have that zero-sum mindset where i'm like oh no kick off pro since 91 and like bring up you know, the newer generation into the fold. And then, you know, then I also kind of like recaliber my brain and realize like, no, you can sponsor old guy. You've got enough money and fucking bring up the new generation at the same time. There's no cap on global skate teams. It's literally like a a decision of a board and that board will forever be faceless and nameless. And it's people who have emails on servers, you know, they're like VF emails. They're not even Vans emails, you know, and (laughs) and it's it's really frustrating from the outside because it it almost seems like how can you you know short of like doing whatever the the version of going to Nancy Pelosi's house is for for the <laughs> corporate overlords <laughs> in in Colorado it it's yeah. really frustrating from from the outside not knowing like we're at the dime contest and we're like you know it's Frankie Decker and you are like you know in my mind and and the minds of my friends that I had gone there with like stars of the day and, you yeah. know, Frankie, Frankie luckily Brunch is on Hill. last resort now. But, I, you know, I walked away from that being like, I'm going to find whoever runs <laughs> and them right now. You know, like
0: <laughs> yeah. and,
3: you yeah. know, I have the same feelings for for the people who maybe have or, you know, I'm not actually gonna <laughs> anybody, but it's like I'm like, dude, how do you not see that? Like this star charisma is like the thing that people are looking at. Nicole House fucking you. People who are like the spotlight auto focuses on, and so I I understand your frustration. I don't understand your frustration, but there's an added frustration to the fan base as well because we we see that you are like a a, a radical figure in on the skate landscape and a necessary figure as well. Thank so you. <laughs> yeah, um, I just
1: I mean I also feel like from you know, a purely marketing perspective, I'm just like, wouldn't you want people that yeah. have a little more like dynamic careers and things or dynamic things to offer rather than purely, because I, I feel like the people who are really the decision makers in skateboarding, they have these blinders, which is like, you know, did they get a Thrasher interview? Did they put out two Thrasher parts this year? Are they on an independent truck in the or independent trip in the Midwest? You know, it's like <laughs> just these, uh, these that like the really- case, Liam tri- pace would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just well no but i mean i feel like yeah, I a know. lot of the people that are that are kind of get that nod they have uh they follow these traditional career paths yeah. and you know just as a an anecdote i'm like the people that i skate with who are young and are consumers of everything they look at people like chandler and marby and are like oh those are my favorite skaters so <laughs> like that's amazing because the people <laughs> that they have uh you know window ads of in front of Cowtown, like no one's saying that about them yeah um, and it's you know it's no dig on on those kind of standard skaters but i'm just thinking like yeah wouldn't you want people who like have various entry points into skating like there's probably no doubt people that find out about chandler through you know the drag stuff that you're doing and and the, the videos that you're making and the kind of like way that you've tied in hardcore culture into skating and then they're like oh yeah actually i want to buy a skateboard now and i'm like that is exactly what you want if you want to grow the sport um yeah or gross skateboarding i don't know so yeah yeah
0: Yeah, and my my life isn't just skateboarding and like i feel like it has been just skateboarding the past like year and then like the drag stuff has just come after and now i'm just kind of like i'm getting i'm 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 getting clips and i'm gonna make a video because that's what i guess this industry wants but i'm also like it's kind of yeah. a weird place to feel too because I'm like I can't just get like a job and like be on these trips and like like do these shoots for like certain like brand you know like it's just mm-hmm. it doesn't work like I I like I'm feel like I'm just like a freelance artist like actually yeah. like a, a, having a rough month every month you know what I mean like yeah. I, I don't I don't make a lot of money doing this I don't But I I do love doing this. And I think it's the one thing, like I said before, in my life that I haven't given up on, like even art, like kind of is, I mean, now my art is in my, on my face, but I feel like it's the one thing that I do every single day. And I, it really fulfills something inside me that is not, I don't know, (laughs) that drugs and alcohol and like terrible behavior, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's crazy it's crazy
1: yeah and correct me if i'm wrong but it does feel like you you feel that outside pressure to all right well i'm gonna go the traditional route and like try to film a couple thrasher parts and and go on these trips that you know maybe the people at a, a bigger brand need me to go on because they they don't actually like value the the original things that i'm doing like you know whatever your drag or your bottom feeder videos. And so it's like, do you feel
0: like you lose a little part of yourself kind of having to conform in that way? Yeah. And I I definitely had kind of like a mental breakdown this year. And I had to like figure I had to really figure out my my values that wasn't just filming a fucking a part for like big, big brands and skateboarding, you know, mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I think it was really the important part is, my sanity and my love for this thing because when you're when you're given this deadline i i wasn't even given a deadline but i was putting the yeah. pressure on myself you know and and yeah. being like a queer person and and i i'm working on a thrasher part right now called castle freak and it's going to be super weird and super fun but i was having like a really hard 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 time because i felt like i needed to get it done like asap like get it done like and I talked to Jim and he was he he told me, no, you don't have to you don't have to stress yourself out on this. He's like, get it done when you're done. And if Thrasher doesn't have a set deadline, then then you're fine, you know. And yeah, so I've I've moved the deadline possibly to even early next year, like like January 3rd, possibly. That's my that's my sobriety date. So I, I feel like it would be cool to put it put it on there. Um, and it's a there slash Thrasher part. And um, I don't know, but it's on for early, like middle of December. But I feel like just doing it in the beginning of the year would be like really fucking cool. Just to start off the year. Start that Sony run early, Chandler. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm going for Sony. <laughs> we, get,
1: uh, we, we, get, 2000... we get three more parts. through the yeah. <laughs>
0: 2023. Here we come. Chandler Burns yeah. is going to be Sony. You heard it here first.
3: <laughs> it's no surprise. I have a sort of traditional view of what I like to see from how I like to consume skating. Like I like, like I just watch, I watch full videos on a TV screen, you know, like I, you know, whatever I watch a lot of stuff on Instagram. So I I do think that there is some value in, one of the most important things is search. Like when you find out about a new skater um, and a lot of my day is spent like checking skaters names and stuff. But when I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, Stone Spork, who is this? You know, and it's Elijah Acrely. I, I know who Elijah Akerley is, but I'm just using an example. And so then I want to find out more than what they've self-selected on their grid because people are always deleting their grids or, you know, it's, also, I don't always know that like Stone Spork is Elijah Akerley, you know, if there's no name on the Instagram. So if I can search somebody, whether it's on YouTube or on the site, and I can actually find like a condensed three minute collection of their skating, it it really does help kind of give me a, a feel for them. And so I do think that those things still have their place and, and not to be too like, um, uh, like defending the the organization or whatever, but I but I think that like having a part is is still maybe kind of important. But you've been able to I think connect like your aesthetic through Titus and and what you do um, with your drag stuff, and then like also I don't know your vibe with filmmakers wh- who have done things that are kind of more in like the goth realm. Like you've connected. Yeah, with- shout out Matt
0: King. Yeah, Matt yeah. King. Honestly, like. None of this, none of any of this, any of this, like Matt, Matt, two, two Matt's, Matt King and Matt Price number, like, those are the two people they're that are literally, and they're both, yeah, they're <laughs> both Kings. It's crazy. Like Matt King, yeah. the reason bottom feeder is like a thing is because I was so inspired by just like weirdo shit. And then I saw, I think dog tooth? I think it was, yeah, dog tooth. And I really was like, this is literally what I've been thinking about wanting to create in skateboarding for such a long time like through because i i've done art i've done all this and it's like all my art's been super fucking twisted and weird and i watched that and i was like this is literally i need to work with this person because i love him so much and has just everything about it and now we're like best friends and we like work on shit together and like he's the best honestly like there's i'm working on a part with him too that should be coming out next year as well as, like, another one with my friend Brandon. So, like, Real it's just, deal Sody Run. <laughs> I'm, I'm, through, I'm doing some stuff for next year. I have a lot of stuff I'm sitting on that I feel like I'm just going to, like, put out next year. And then there's another bottom feeder coming on Christmas. But honestly, like, yeah big shout out matt king sorry you were saying like gothic aesthetic and stuff so it's fine Sorry to like interject okay yeah i wanted to get to
3: how you're making bottom feeder videos with matt king because i think that matt king's catalog is like hand in hand aesthetically with you know it's a perfect fit for what titus is and and what your skating is and and even on top and even having like the kind of funky middle school emo soundtrack like that's shit that you know I think he understands like that that kind of like it's a very off kiltered sensibility that I think is specific to Matt King and um and Gene and Squirted and yeah uh, and that history and then you know that, that you found that I think and the point that I was just trying to make is that like it's good to have a part. I think it's probably important to have at least one searchable part. But the but the video output you do is kind of outside of that, a little more avant garde. But I think is like just as valuable and and is like a more exciting endeavor um, as a fan to to be able to see. And and the last two bottom feeder features and the both uh, a Christmas skit was fucking bananas, but it was really <laughs> awesome. Uh,
0: There's was actually- <laughs> to
3: <laughs> the, yes. I mean, yeah, it's, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch a skate video. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a skate video, but it is like, but it is an experience that is, um, it's literally more than a skate part, you know? And, and I think that, that, that video work you're doing is, is more exciting and narratively, you know, it's just as more, you know, I don't want to talk about marketability. I don't really care about those things as much, but you have a bigger story to tell. You have a bigger output than just rip, 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 rip. rip. And I think that all that stuff you're doing is um you know indispensable
1: how often do you hear people say like i cannot watch an hour-long skate video of just skate tricks that just be beaten over the head with incredible skate tricks even if they're my favorite skaters i'm just like i can't there's just there's just too much skateboarding output you need it in smaller yeah. doses and so when videos have uh, a little extra appeal and you know something a little spicy in the mix it just taking back
3: someday. is called up by angel i know exactly what goes on yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and a lot of skrillex oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so much
1: skrillex yeah and, and also just people that look like they're they're like enjoying skateboarding not from a professional perspective, you know, because I do feel like a lot of pros fall into the trap of, oh, a video part needs to be a collection of the most like groundbreaking tricks that I can do, right? And yeah. I, I don't think that that is actually the most appealing thing for regular audiences. Like regular people like watching, also, they also like watching regular people skate.
0: It's you fucking yeah. exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> I like watch like some of the gnarliest skate. I mean, there are certain like like Pedro. I'm extremely inspired. Like Pedro Delfino. I'm so inspired yeah. by his yeah. skating. Like it's I think f- like my Favorite Sam- skaters of all time. Sam- Sammy Baca, Antoine Dixon. But they all have this. You're speaking Jewish, my language, like. It's like they are the ones that I look at in skateboarding and cater. Like those are like the I think really the the four that I really look at in skateboarding. I don't know, like like yeah, to be like I those like talk shelf that. rippers. But yeah, but I've watched some stuff where it's like people doing insane shit, and I'm just like, there's no life, there's no life, there's no life in it. I just feel like it's missing. There's there's missing missing something. And it's not that they're terrible skaters, and I'm like glad that they're doing their thing, and they probably do it because they love it. But it's also like, I don't know. There it's like a it's there's there's something there.
3: We call this the Paul Macnow paradox. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, while we're
1: on the subject of tricks, let's talk about your love <laughs> for dolphin flips and of course the Kevin Romar, the Nolly backside 360. Where, oh did, where did those come from? Because I feel like you have single-handedly made both of those tricks cool again. Actually, I <laughs> I always thought Nollyback back through were cool. They just are very uh underdone trick, and and kind of a trick that you learn as a little kid and then and then never do again because it's actually quite hard to to land that trick without pivoting it. Yeah, like you need a yeah. full rotation when you go down a, a a gap, and it's like a totally different ballpark than when you just learn it as a little kid where you do a nollie back 180 and then a half cab
0: pivot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like the 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 dolphin flip was. Literally just, I don't even know where I saw it. I just one day felt like I wanted to try it in a skate park parking lot. I think I have it. I was in motorcycle pants when I landed it the first time. Um, Wait, the, the, the <laughs> assless chaps? The the leather? No, just motorcycle, like motocross pants.
3: Padded fox pants. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I wish it was assless chaps, uh, <laughs> but that might happen in, in the near future, so we'll see. Um, it's not outside, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I learned it just as a joke and I, it was kind of like landing it it was like landing my first kickflip I was just like what the fuck like I could do this I could do <laughs> this the front and front. then uh-huh. I, I did it I remember I because I used to do a lot of like floaty stuff on the step up and the and the key at Mesa Park is like floating I feel like the whole thing is really you just gotta float the whole thing and yeah. um, so I did it up the step up and then I did it up over the like bump to can, like where people put like the trash can, and then I did it down. I think that I, I did it down the seven stair, and oh then that's god. and then that's when I I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I could do this. So there's, there's I, kind of
1: a tur- a turbo
0: flick quality
1: to to dolphin flipping, you know, like it it, it, it like flicks so much <laughs> that it goes
0: inverted. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's, as you were saying, it's just a big fucking like massive jump. Like you're basically just massive thrusting your body forward with like high jump, so I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, then I started bringing it to the streets, and I, I I understand that it's probably like a cringy trick to some people, and I've seen it done, and it's definitely looked really really cringy. But I feel like. I, I've, I, well, I've heard that I do them differently, and I also feel like I do do them a little... Like, I used to do hard flips. So, I they, mm-hmm. like I feel like it just feels like a hard flip for me, just like a different... Because hard flips, when I... I used to do hard flips down the seven stair, like, every day at Mesa uh, when I was, like, 17, 18. And the way that you land it, it just slaps the bottom of your feet like it literally just goes boom, yeah and you're like okay i got it like it smacks the bottom of your feet it's the same thing with dolphin. It just you feel it just smack the bottom of your feet and then yeah i think stops. there's also that i think there's also that quality where if
1: the right person does a certain trick it's it's fine you know if, if rowan does a pressure flip he makes it look cool and <laughs> if, i can't even remember who like the early dolphin flippers were like
3: Darrell stanton
0: oh Darrell stanton for sure yeah yeah Oh my God. But that also, uh, that dude's Versace plug does them really good too. Uh, Hyun. Oh, yeah. I'm I I not just butcher his name. Hyun. That's how it's
3: spelled H U H Y U N. He's a floater.
0: Yeah. Oh, the no, Nolly Bat Nolly 360s.
3: Big Romar fan.
0: I love Kevin Romar, but I never associated both of them together until people were like kevin romar kevin romar kevin romar and i'm like okay yeah kevin romar yeah (laughs) but that's funny because i'd see kevin romar at raves all the time when i was growing up he's like a total raver he's a dj and i would run (gasps) yeah i would would run into him at raves and be like what's up bass (sighs) support like at raves and it was him and his like partner girlfriend or whatever like i don't know if they're it's it's always been a girl with him every time so yeah but yeah he's like a big raver and i would see him in the rave scene that's the only thing that like i really associate kevin romar with is raving i didn't associate him with like Nolly full cabs or whatever like it was just yeah so i just i, I just like <laughs> doing them i think after the dime
1: one we can we can safely say that that's your trick now <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: well, I got to get one from this I, fucking saw, part. When I saw that
1: on my phone, I was like, I literally gasped. i was like, what <laughs> the actual fuck did he keep? Because I thought he was just going to nollie back when eating it. And I was like, oh, my God, because there's so much float time on that huge bump to bar. I was like, dude, he
0: is not going another 180. What the hell? It's It oh. was so much fun, honestly. That, that Like, landing that, I was like, yes. Like, it's so crazy being like, oh, being a little kid and just watching the, like, the X games and shit like on TV and just watching the crowd go crazy and you being put in that situation where it was finally like, I felt the crowd going crazy. And it was like, for me, um, also in like a full face of makeup, it was so gnarly. Um, it was like, Whoa, this is what I grew up watching. And it's for me, you know, it was like an insane feeling.
3: Those are my cheers. Like, I used to make those <laughs> cheers, but now they're my cheers. <laughs> it was, it's it's insane. I was in the crowd. It was literally deafening. It was like Bruce Springsteen stepped on stage or somebody newer. Uh, it was fucking unreal.
0: People lost their minds. I mean, skateboarding is a performance art, and same with drag. So I just mixed the two. Yeah. yeah.
3: You were a star all day though. Like I think you <laughs> skated everything. And, and I, I think that's something that, that, that's something that we talked about where, where at the end of it, um, you were skating with Chima and Frankie and, and others. i I wish I could remember everyone, but we were like, dude, they've been skating for like four hours, like going as fast <laughs> as they can every single try. Like, Their bodies must be toast and that you guys were still putting down the the highest impact hammers hours into the event after already having been treating your bodies like dirt. It made it uh, nothing but respect like everybody was (laughs) shocked.
0: It honestly was probably the best time that I've had in like a quote unquote competition setting. It was just that the Dime Glory Challenge is the thing in skateboarding that I think everybody should experience and everybody should partake in. You know, it is so cool. So amazing. Everything else is just like the same. I don't know. I've just seen the same fucking person win every competition that i've been a part of the past year and i'm just there's i'm just there's no life at all like they're so good at skateboarding and like you're telling just, me when gustavo
1: rubiero does a crook nollie <laughs> heel to win street lead, you don't feel something in there
0: <laughs> i didn't i didn't say that <laughs> i didn't even no, watch I'm, that
3: but i know what you mean yeah yeah you kind of see the you see the same act Like over and over, it's like kind of rehearsed. It's kind of, it's in a format literally. And you're just like, oh, okay. There's no, there's no spark. There's no magic. There's no surprise. And even, even the next day, you know, in the rain, you came out after having already, you know, (laughs) I imagine trashed your body the day before, like you had to have been sore as hell and came out the next day and put on a show again. Like it was amazing. I was surprisingly not sore at all. Well, yeah. you're built different. It was
0: crazy because I was I, I was so I, it was weird. I did not even understand why I wasn't sore. But I think what happens with my body, I feel like it's the day after the day after. Uh, yeah, yeah, when I really feel stuff, it takes it. Ta- I feel like my body takes a second to really <laughs> get sore because the the day after that, I was fried. Like I could not move. Yeah. So I I I feel like the adrenaline's still pumping uh, like the day yeah, after. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: that was an amazing display, and I think that event is like well suited for you <laughs> too you. because it's like you know I've I've talked and written about this at length, but it's the skating and pro wrestling, the, the theatricality and the action. Like when those two things blend, it's like you know that's my favorite shit, and uh, and and dime meshes that you. you don't
1: want to be the quiet robotic guy who like secretly crushes it at an event like Don yeah
3: yeah yeah Uh, yeah, no
0: (laughs) hell no that's not gonna be
1: me yeah
3: (laughs)
0: that's <laughs> not going to be me. I was even – I I, the, I was in the hotel room before, and I was so nervous to walk outside because every pro in, like, the world was there. Yeah,
3: Ryan DiCenzo. <laughs> Ryan
0: DiCenzo. <laughs> 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 Yeah. And, and it's just – I don't know. I walked out, and Mason was instantly, like, gave me a big hug and was like, yes, and then, like, took a selfie with me. And I think that really, really helped, like – because – I don't know. There's certain associations that are important for me to feel comfortable. Like I, I there is kind of like a uh, like I'm a freak, you know, and I'm I'm outwardly and physically a freak right now, and just walking out and being like the fucking clown <laughs> in 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 the sea of just like human people (laughs) it's uh yeah it's it's definitely terrifying but it like it's just the people were so cool and so nice and wanted to take pictures with me and that made me feel good because i was so worried i'm always worried i think if anybody doesn't fucking care what other people think about them i'm sorry like like i that's not me you know, it's just I, I do care. It's, Everyone and does. And I'm trying. I'm working on not caring as much. But like, yeah, that we care about what other people think about me. Otherwise, we wouldn't dress the way we dress. We would talk the way we would talk. Like, it's just that. It's just the human nature. So, yeah. Um, people. I've people are always like, yeah, like don't give a fuck. Like, I'm like no, but it's not. It's not always like that. Yeah. But like the one time Jerry said that, it really sunk in. But that was with drag stuff and taking it into skateboarding, yeah. not about like just being still still working
3: on. And that, then you, you committed know? to it and it was a fucking hit. Like also shout out Mason, he's a little sweetie.
0: Honestly shout out Mason. Mason is the, one of the main people that makes me feel comfortable in that setting cuz he's just like always so present with especially a lot of the queer people too. It's it's shout out Mason.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Should we talk about uh going pro for there? Yeah. Piggybacking on, you know, like having to be proving yourself for other companies and, you know, kind of fitting into a mold that hadn't kind of been made for you necessarily. Like, you know what I mean? Like you could, you could have tried to ride for Element, and I know that you used to ride for Antihero and, and, but, but, you know, basically there were companies that were already out there and then you guys have made it into the Deluxe Camp and, and, and you, you eventually found your, sponsor home you know like you you found a place to to be pro for where like you know you're with your closest friends and it is a little more it's like a little less traditional how did you get into that like did you know that jeff was going to do a board brand or did you want to try to like really be like the one eight guy
1: (laughs) It 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 felt like part of the magic of unity initially was that it was like intentionally kind of vague and so think a lot of people are really intrigued like oh they're unity is going to do a board brand called there that is going to be a more traditional board brand with a team and like what is that going to look like
0: uh yeah so um i don't know like i was i first went to my first unity kind of meetup thing i literally went on tour with them i hit up Jeff when I was like uh when I was still working at this treatment center um which was like an amazing job but also like the the most traumatizing job of my life um and I was like oh how can I be on the team and he was just like ah there's not really a team like unity is just like everybody but you're a part of it so like let's do it and I was like yeah
2: like gay
0: Ah, like gay yay (laughs) 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 skateboarding yay I finally felt like I found what I've been looking for in skateboarding it really like I had kind of like not been sca- I, I just wasn't driven and then after that after finding Unity that's when I started getting filmed, like it really it really sparked something in me and um, any queer person that is on the team will tell you the same thing that like Unity really sparked something and then that, that was very special and. Um, It's, like, you can't even put it into words. It was just one of those really, like, big motivators for me to, like, succeed in this and actually, like, feel seen. So, um, yeah. So, he, he, after, like, doing my thing, yeah, I've been getting flowed, like, anti-hero boards. But anti-hero is super, like, like, it's not, like, exclusive. It's just, like, not that many, like, people are on the team. So, um, I was definitely, like... I don't know I, I would love like still love to ride for anti-hero but i just think there is like the brand that i really like in my heart am a part of yeah. you know and same with i i like i had like a. I don't know if this is true i don't know if ryan i don't know if this is true but i feel like uh jerry also kind of wanted to like send me like sci-fi boards and i'm mm-hmm. like i'm still so hot so stoked to to do that and be a part of that but i don't know i it would probably have to be way because there's something that i'm just like so my heart is in there and my heart is with jeff chung because he really created something for me that um was what i needed when like skating felt like pretty helpless um after like even just doing it therapeutically like being like i don't know if this is like you know and then i fucking walked out of that job and followed my dream after finding like unity Not like immediately after but like after i found unity and i was doing all this shit the job was starting to like be like no you can't like get sundays off and i'm like but that's the day that i skate and then uh, some some like brawl happened at the at the at the treatment center and i literally said fuck all you and walked out cuz i was just like i i want to pursue my dreams and i have worked side jobs and like worked at home depot and then i stopped doing that because i wanted to skate and um Um, all that is basically like following my dreams is because unity is like a thing that I have still have so much hope in and like so much like love for, and, um, the same love that I have for just skating in general. It's like the same thing and just skating with my friends that are a part of it. Um, so becoming pro for that this year, um, I don't know. Like, there's still some like uh, imposter syndrome there because I feel like I still have a lot to prove. But I feel like um, a lot, like I'm starting to feel it now and just be like, like stoked on it. And um, I think I think it came at uh, an an, an, like the pro celebration came at an interesting time in my life where I felt very helpless in skateboarding. Also, not feeling very pro with like not having like a shoe company like actually like not just having me on a flow-gram. Um, and you know, um, not seeing like being like broke as fuck, like no money. Um, but I, I, am figuring it out and that's not, I'm not doing this for the money. The money is just going to help me like live. I'm still going to skate even if I like am fucking homeless and like, you know, it's just, it's, this is what, this is what my life is. And, um, I don't know. The unity is really...
1: I think that's a really important point, like I, that not enough people really understand, which is that some of your favorite pro skaters are literally living paycheck to paycheck and trying to make ends meet, and at how challenging it is with how free natured filming street stuff is to have a job, and and because it's not as if like oh yeah we just I go to work and when we get off I go to the spot from six to seven like you can't make beautiful videos that way it's not it's impossible yeah. like you really have to kind of float around and have time to be on sessions and like that's yeah. where the magic
3: move the from. deadline and it's
1: yeah it's really challenging to, to try to, to try to do both and so it's it's great to hear you speak about that because i don't think that from the outside as a younger person looking up to you, they're just like, oh, this person has all these followers and they have all this engagement and they they have this huge audience. And it's like, really, that doesn't exactly always translate to a paycheck. That means you're totally
0: financially stable and you're exclusively focusing on skating. Yeah, it's 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 insane. I have no money. And like I but I'm still so happy in my life, but it's just it's just the 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 human stresses of living in Los Angeles and wanting to be here and wanting to follow my dreams and still like like put out parts and just do and work on bottom feeder shit and like have fun in the in in the meantime, but at the same time I like it's hard to do all this when you don't have like that much financial help. And it's not yeah. like I I'm asked I'm not asking for much. I just want to be comfortable. You know, I'm just, yeah. I am extremely uncomfortable financially, but everywhere else in my life, I'm so rich. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Uh, there's, yeah, there's more important things in my life than being like rich in money. Like I have a beautiful partner. I have a beautiful life. I have a beautiful room <laughs> <laughs> that, that i like barely pay for, but it's like, Yeah. Like I am happy. I am actually genuinely happy. And, um, yeah, I think that there thing came out like an interesting time in my life because I was really crumbling, um, due to stress with this part and um, how it was going to be perceived by like a thrasher audience. And that's scary, especially being like a queer person and adding a little bit of my like artistic like twist on it as well. Um, and also having it be a lot of skating, um, I was worried, but now I have been definitely just taking a breath, moving the deadline and just um, I have gotten the probably the the clips that I've really, really, really needed and wanted. And, and I like the way they look, which is I feel like kind of a rarity sometimes in skating when you like are like, oh, I did that sick. Yes, I'm yeah. stoked on that clip, you know. Right. So, uh, I feel like after after moving <laughs> after after moving the deadline, I wasn't just like trying to like fit all these like filler clips kind of like in with like some stuff, you know, and I was like, mm, I don't I, I could go harder. And now I feel like I'm going harder just because I have less stress on yep. me. And I'm not like trying to like cram shit into one little part. Uh,
3: yeah.
0: And plus, i like there's another part, there's another part and another part and another part I could work on. It's not it doesn't mm-hmm. end here. So
3: yeah. I
0: don't
1: know. Yeah, you mentioned your beautiful partner. Can we talk just a little bit about how that dynamic works with Mike? Mike. I feel like that's a really interesting thing that not a lot of people have
0: going in skateboarding. So my partner, Mike Ayama, is he went to school for for film and like cinematography. So he knows all like the aspects of like filmmaking and stuff. But he never dipped into skateboarding. And when we met, he worked at Sony, and he was like, we didn't even meet like in like a sexual setting like most gay men do but um we met in kind of like a like a nice friendly setting where um he was like yeah i'm just trying to like broaden my like creative circle of people and skating is definitely something that i've been looking into recently and yeah i would love to like meet up and like hang out so it became this whole thing and then we like ended up really liking each other and now we're together but um in the meantime he has picked up an hpx uh, and been skate like filming everything I've been teaching him, which is like so hard to teach somebody like feet and yeah. skateboarding feet. because, <laughs> yeah, face, feet like that's like kind of one of the things where I was like, okay, like look at Strobeck, understand that this is okay. Like, I'm gonna look at Strobeck and see how he made HD filming look. Like people are going fast, like yeah. that. I think that is like something that, like, come on, like he definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. did that. Like, there, I'll give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Like he, he really made HD filming look
3: good. Yeah, yeah.
0: It might be tight, but it, it's it still like it makes it it's exciting. Yeah. and so I I told. And then I started showing him people like Fletch because Fletch films kind of like a little bit tighter, but like also doesn't like, you know, it's, it's not as tight yeah. and it like works. And then Otto Ray. Yeah. And then, you know, like, and then like going down the line and then Matt King kind of like took him under his wing a little bit. So like they started like, he was asking. And Matt's like, uh, take the fisheye yeah, up so here. Like Matt- so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So He has a lot of like good filming um, references and he has an amazing film teacher who is basically like, I feel like Matt King with it. Cause I, uh, it's really hard to teach somebody like good skate filming because it's such a weird, he's like, this is like the weirdest fucking industry ever. He does not understand it. He's like, people make like millions of dollars off a fucking commercial. you like, are you like killing yourself for maybe like 700 bucks? Yes. If yes. that. You know what I mean? Or just for free. So it's like, he yeah. just doesn't understand it. So that's why I think he's re- we've really gotten. So Mike has helped so much with like all the bottom feeder stuff. He's like helped me with websites and like all this shit. So I don't know. It's, um, the dynamic of our, our relationship is, is fun. It's very professional as well, which kind of gets, uh, uh, finicky at times. Um, <laughs> uh, but other than that, like it's it's a beautiful thing, and he's like such a sweet and caring and loving individual, and, uh, he makes me see the star that that I am, you know, and um, he's also just along the way and along the ride, um, so yeah, yeah, he's such we
1: love such, Mike. We, lo- we love Mike. He's such a sweetheart, and I actually think that there's a lot of value in having a film background and coming into skating instead of, exclusively making skate videos and having like skate brain that is infiltrated every little cell in your head. Yep. Um, I think that there is, yeah, there's a lot of value there.
3: Hard degree. Or you can uh, have a film degree and also have a completely poisoned skate brain, which I recommend to nobody, <laughs> uh, unless you want to write uh, well, captions that people make fun orphan. of. Yeah. Can we talk about another person that we all love, which is your relationship with Matt Price, who is my favorite photographer of all time. I imagine Ryan's, I'll I'll speak for him, but I know that you came into shooting skate photos pretty late because you came into filming late. And that's something that I've noticed kind of as a, an older skater now is that not a lot of people have good pictures of them skating. It's like not part of their thing growing up, but Ryan and I grew up you know, I became friends with Price at the end of high school, but, um, we have like our, our visual record of our skating is through the best lens possible. Um, and you now, your photos are all through mostly all through, through Price. And how did that relationship emerge? And, and, and how is it? Cause I know that you are now in a professional relationship with him as well as CCS.
0: So CCS, uh, yeah, the first time I met, Matt was the CCS. CCS actually sponsored the first unity tour down to, cause all they did was go from, uh, I think they went from Oakland to, uh, to, sorry, uh, Los Angeles mm-hmm. and then went from Los Angeles to San Diego and then went back. Okay. So, um, along that way, I met up at the San Diego one. Uh, I, uh, uh, James and Victor picked me up and I hopped in the van, and then that's where I met Marby as well. But Marby had broken her leg the day before yeah. in L.A., um, and she was just in the back of the van, but I met Matt there. And then we just started talking a little bit, and then he followed me, and then I we just started talking more, and I was like, yeah, like let's hang out. And then he was just like, want to do some CCS stuff? And... I was like, yeah. And then he's like, are you writing for any shoe brands or anything? And I was like, no, I, no. And he was like, let's get you some Vans. So he got me Vans. And he's like, I'm thinking Vans, Antihero, Indie, and Spitfire would be good for you. And I was just like, yeah, obviously. And then he got me, like, he got me some deluxe boxes. And then, yeah, got me set up with uh, Indie. And that was interesting. The whole Indie thing was a little weird, but whatever. Um, but, yeah. So... Matt is like, honestly, I feel like the reason I am introduced in skateboarding. I think he really was like, oh, this person's this person, this person's this person. Oh, my God. Like, let me like, like really hooked it up. And that's, I think, also like Unity and Matt Price are like the reason I'm I was like so motivated to skate and uh, work so hard at skating because I was now. Um, getting stuff for free instead of getting shop boards that are like already chipped. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was living yeah. off of those fuckers. <laughs> I, I really, I think that also just speaks to
1: how crucial it is to work with people who share a similar creative vision or like get what you're trying to convey. Because if you don't and you're just kind of like running into each other with, you know, I, I felt that way when I was writing for Etney's. you know, like trying to put out the stuff that I wanted, but in this extremely constrained way and not being able to make anything that I felt like was interesting or, like, that felt like me, Yeah. you know? So yeah. it's, it's, it's really important to find photographers and videographers, which obviously you've done with Matt King and, and Price and a handful of other people, um, Mike included, to help you convey your vision to the world. Yeah.
0: I and mean, my vision's always different in my head. It always is different yeah. in my head. My head, like, will put something and I'm like, I feel like I've had to, like, let go of how, like, Controlling, cause I could be controlling, and I could be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why am I being like this? I just, We're just supposed to be having fun, guys. And I'm just like the crazy fucking manic bitch in the corner, being like, no, we don't do that. No, I, that doesn't. look, like, no. Nah. And then I'm just like, chill the fuck out. Like, I think, I think with the first bottom feeder and the and rubber, I was like, you need to chill out. Yeah. Like so hard, cause you're such a like you're such a bitch to work with. And it's just it's just because I'm like. I feel like I, like, hold on to my creative shit, like, so, and if it's not exactly the way, I kind of, like, go like that, and I'm just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm I, it's a learning, it's a learning curve, and I feel like, uh, I think Burn Book was the one time where I was just kind of like, let everything breathe, everything's
2: fine, <laughs> yeah. let it
0: breathe, <laughs> breathe and let it breathe, and I think it's the most successful uh, bottom feeder film that we've made so far, and there's one coming in Christmas, too, that's going to be really cool, so, um yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm stoked to have met Matt King because obviously and he inspired a lot of like bottom feeder and stuff and it's just yeah, it's good to find like a photographer as well who's willing to like back up the whole vision as well and like see the see the see the person you are and what you're capable of and that it feels very affirming, you know. Yeah. Uh, Especially being queer in skateboarding and having big people in skating like like affirm that you are like part of the game.
3: Yeah price is is very good at taking people in who are maybe don't know what they're doing and being like yeah come we're going to like make some awesome shit together that was my uh after high school lost boy I was only friends with Ryan and Ryan introduced me to to that whole crew so yeah that's really awesome and the stuff you guys have made to- together you and the mats uh has been amazing and I love that um yeah, the mats. yeah I I'm fairly picky about what I like to to consume visually. And, and that makes me really happy. Like when, when somebody shoots bad photos, you know, I'm almost offended if they do it at a professional capacity, I'm like, okay, like, great. Thank you. You ruined a a Pedro Delfino picture. How dare you? But, uh, but, but because you, you got locked in with price, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like everything, I'm so happy because like your photos will not be ruined. Like they're oh. going to be, you're going to have yeah, no. a, a great uh, record and document of, of your, of your rippage. And, and then also, I don't know who shot uh, your venture ad, but you've, you've gotten Titus in the record as well. And that, that shit is awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mike actually shot that. Record. Oh really? Yeah. On his little Fuji, but not the, the, the photo, wait, uh, the, the one, the one photo of me next to the, yeah.
3: you had a venture the ad the war, as I Titus. Think, yeah. yeah
0: yeah um yeah that was mike he took to like a portrait a while back before and it was actually an interesting i've been asked to do an interview this one day by this uh gay dude in long beach that had some magazine and he literally um uh, he expected me to put on this makeup which at the time took three hours (laughs) so i was like already like i was excited i was like so stoked and then um, he showed up, interviewed me, and but then, like, then I got really vulnerable in that interview, and he 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 ended up losing the interview, so he didn't even have it on file. He actually left the recording with me, but in the meet, like, while we were, uh, he was like, yeah, like, let's go eat. Like, I'm so hungry. Like, oh, my God, and then let's, like, take some photos of you skating and stuff. It's, like, night, so I'm, like, skating at night in drag. He didn't even... Uh, for didn't even offer to buy the meal and barely even tipped. He had Mike pay and like basically barely even tip, even though he was like ordering drinks for himself and shit. Bold. So I was basically like, "Fuck the fuck this dude," and he left the uh the recording thing with me and I just like tossed it, <laughs> um because he like and I I actually cried that night and oh. the photo of that 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 was like the photo of me like basically I was like crying.
3: Um, oh, and you're in still in the, but it, you're still in the, and I'm yeah. still in
0: drag. I'm still in drag. And I was just like, fuck, I just feel so taken advantage of by some like fucking other gay dude. Like, just cause like, he, just cause you're queer doesn't mean you're fucking sick. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that dude. And, um, yeah, so I, 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 we ended up just using that photo and it was from like a really deep night and a very like insane night where I was just kind of like, Hmm, okay. Now I feel taken advantage of. So it's cool that that specific photo was in thrasher it just like goes to show that you know some of like the i'm not trying to get too profound right now but like some like the it could be there's there's doors there's doors in life Mm -hmm. so um i'll just leave it at that there's my profound (laughs) saying with that one there's doors in life um but uh yeah so mike shot that and then Shawn shot the photo. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: I think that's a great place to wrap things up. Uh, what do you got coming out soon? I mean, we talked a little bit about it. January third is when your <laughs> your part comes out. Anything before then?
0: I, I I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna put the deadline to January third because that makes sense for me personally. But uh, Castle Freak, okay, um, expect a lot of uh, <laughs> um, medieval. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Some RuneScape-inspired stuff.
1: Is uh, is there any anywhere that people can support you? Does it help to buy uh, buy your merch or?
3: Got that I mean, deep.
1: Obviously, follow uh, you on Instagram and social media. But do you have uh places where people can financially support you?
0: Um, uh, Venmo is b- the same as my Instagram. and Hell yeah! and <laughs> <Nice. laughs> uh, um, Easy. I'll be- yeah, but you also you don't really um, need to
1: buy a shirt that costs twelve dollars to make that Chandler will get four dollars out of. You could just send Chandler <laughs> <Yes>. ten bucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, um, uh, no, but honestly, uh, all jokes aside, uh, bottom feeder uh, stuff is gonna be. We're gonna be stocking up soon, so just bottom feeder merch, please just buy that because that makes me happy and I love making it. I have so much fun making all my merch. So,
3: um, do you yeah. wait? Do you
0: design? The heavy metal writing that no, that is actually a artist. I think we lost Ryan. That is a artist in, um, in Italy. Yeah. They're like a non-binary artist in Italy named, uh, Damiano. They have worked with a couple of noise musician artists and like sound engineers that I've, I've, uh, hung out with and I'm just the biggest fan of them and their, their whole like art vibe is really sick. VVXXII underscore on Instagram, I believe. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much, Chandler, for uh, taking the time this morning. And I hope to skate with you soon.
0: Yeah, let's skate soon. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All
3: right. Bye, y'all. Thank you again to everyone for listening. Our intro music is by the wonderful band Roar out of Phoenix, Arizona. Our credits music is by Dylan Bryan out of Wisconsin. Why can't I ever remember? I think it's Madison. And our logo and graphic design, as always, is by St. Louis's Michael Warfel. Look at all those places. Look at all those names. More credits coming up.
2: Just the other day—I mean, about six months ago—and by six months ago, I think that I mean eight months ago, I saw Taishan. I saw Taishan Jones in Soho. I saw him in the bike lane on Lafayette. south, barreling towards a barrel of sorts, you know the one I'm talking about, it's about 24 inches off axis, nah I'm just kidding, I saw him over there try trick over again once, but I'm a good person, so I didn't gawk somewhere to be. You know who strikes me as the type of polite pedestrian who would give the biggest pro skater in the game his space while he's trying to do his damn thing? That's Alex Kissinger. Alex Kissinger's a goddamn fucking sweetheart. If I was walking by the REI off of Houston, and I was walking with Alex Kissinger, and I said, hey, do you want to go see the bike lane where Tyshawn does his moves? And Alex said, sure, why not? And then we went over there, and Tyshawn was there. trying to stack and Alec knew that we had lunch reservations I take Alex as the sort of person that would say you know what Ted why don't we just go to lunch leave the man alone that's the kind of I haven't really seen a lot of other pro skaters in the wild like that. Usually I'm just... With a crew of mid-30s soul skaters. Actually, they stack too. Ooh, I lost time there. Ooh. Let's get it back. You know what, it doesn't change a thing, because I know that if I saw a bunch of pro skaters, let's say down in the battery, and I wanted to stare at them, Jesus Christ, I could really use a helping hand, a guiding light of someone like Justin Marquis, I'd say, hey, look at that. That's Andy Anderson. Skating pyramid ledges like a half pipe. And Justin would say, Hey, Andy's got work to do. Leave him to it. And don't you and I have a lunch reservation with Alex Kissinger? So let's get a move on. Well, I'm sick as a dog and this is the song you get because I gotta do it in one take off the fucking dome. This is what the dome sounds like. And it's gonna be quiet because it's late as hell. And Jesus Christ, has been like a four minute song. All right, here we go. I'm not gonna tell you about the time that I jumped into the East River because I would never jump into the East River. But I can tell you the time about uh, when I saw Ben K. In 2013, I was in New York City. I was in the Lower East Side. At a park called LES, and I don't know why they call it that. But I saw a guy there, wearing his jeans, hiked up real nice. I saw him feeble grind the flat bar. And then, without missing a beat, but while also taking a lap and maybe doing another trick, I saw him back lip that same flat bar. And I said, Who's that? They've got the same moves that all my friends had in ninth grade. And someone said it was Ben Kedow. And I said, oh, is he related to Dave? And they said, no. That's spelled and pronounced it differently. And then they told him, they told me he was gonna be on 3D. And I didn't know what that was. But you know who I think did? I think SAG knew, he's always in the know, and he keeps me in line, informs me of the times, tells me how to pronounce Ben Kadau's name, did I get it right, I might have fucked it up again, I don't have many other pro skater stories, Except the times that like random ones have like hit on my girlfriend and shit. Those are kinda I-, I thought they would get funnier with age, but they just kinda get ickier. <sighs> Maybe I should go back to the lower east side. Sean Doyle? You might be God of the Lower East Side. You're so good you made me lose time. Because I don't know how to play and talk, right? I'm not a troubadour. I'm not Bob Dylan when he was dope. But goddamn, you're dope. Maybe the best technique I've ever seen. Maybe the best technique I've ever seen. Maybe the best technique I, I, I have ever fucking seen. He's got a switch flip you'd admire. He's got a kick flip that you would also admire. Also admire, but a switch is twice as hard. on that kick-ass flip. I don't know how long I've been running this, but guess what? I'm gonna take it 12 more minutes until I tell you all about Andy Yamazaki. Andy Yamazaki. 12 more minutes till I tell you about him. No, I'm not, but I'm sick and I kind of sound like, um, the fuck is that guy? The guy from Canada who's like a hip hop country Western artist. Oh God, I got like COVID brain or something. I don't have COVID, don't worry. I've got strep throat. <laughs> the fuck was I talking about Andy? I don't know how we got here, but I remember and I don't think I've ever told this story but one time I was walking down Lafayette in a little neighborhood called Soho south of Houston and I saw Tyshawn Jones for just a split second he was in the bike lane You know the bike lane? Yeah, that bike lane. He does not see a world without cars. He loves blocking the bike lane. He's like a FedEx truck. He's like a cop car on the Upper East Side. He's like a trailer behind an electric bicycle with a bunch of Amazon packages. Anyways, I never told the story before, but I saw Tyshawn Jones in the bike lane on Lafayette. I'm pretty sure that's the same street. Anyways, he was doing his damn thing. And I just let him be. I'm a good person yes I'll reiterate that I'm a good person who let Taishan do his thing and you know why it's all because of Andy Yamazaki Andy Yamazaki said hey if you ever moved to New York when you're 33 years old and if Tyshawn is working on a new Supreme part, and if you see him in the bike lane working on that part, leave him alone if you've got somewhere to be. And on that very day, you bet your ass I had somewhere to be. I was missing a ferry down at Wall Street. I was missing my friends at home. I was missing everyone that I ever knew. I thought I was going somewhere with the end of this song, but I wasn't. Andy Yamazaki kept me in check and Taishan got his clip and we all won. We all won, thank you all.